All eyes are on the Winnipeg Jets as their offseason is starting to get underway. And so far, nothing has technically happened yet, or at least publicly. But the Jets are likely preparing for the departure of many major players. And the rest of the NHL, they're taking notice. We'll dive into all of the latest on the rumors surrounding the Jets and the likely trade candidates on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. Your Locked On, the Hockey Jets. Your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and be sure to use promo code LOCKEDONNHL at checkout for $20 off your first purchase. Stay tuned to hear more about how GameTime can make event tickets and sporting tickets cheap, fast, and reliable. Now, like I said, tonight's episode, we've got a couple of fun topics the biggest one right now uh, is seemingly coming from Frank Saravalli talking about all of the trade bait, right? He always has a list every few weeks that he puts together. And wouldn't you know it, the Jets have several players in the top 15 to 20 spots. And I wouldn't say just the top 15 to 20 spots. We're talking like top five rankings. Connor Hellebuck and Mark Shifley remain at or near the top of the pile with Pierre-Luc Dubois just a little bit behind him. And when you look at where the Jets are and what's going on with the team, it's not shocking. For the first time in a very long time, the Jets pretty much have their backs against a wall. It's partly because of the contract situations and how the players are likely now holding all the leverage in determining the future of this team. And that future is very much not resigning with the team, right? We know that Shifley and Hellebuck most likely would take pretty enormous contracts to want to stay. And with Shifley, that, that's probably you know not going to happen even if he was given a major offer. I think those bridges are probably burned at a point where Mark just needs a change of scenery. Hellebuck might be willing to come back. I don't really know what his thought process is. He's been one of the few guys who's been a consistent mainstay for this team. But it's interesting to hear that the rest of the NHL is watching Winnipeg with a lot of interest. This is the first time I can recall in a long time where the Jets are actually being paid attention to, and not because the team is good, but because Winnipeg is about to have a fire sale. I think for me, that does mildly concern me in some ways, but in the other hand, you know, I actually like the idea of there being bidding wars and a lot of interest. I think, you know, if we're talking about Connor Hellebuck and, and certainly Mark Shifley, it'd be nice if a lot of teams with major assets could uh, make big plays and offer the Jets competing uh, packages to work around, right? Because all of these teams have assets and a lot of them will have cap space and the Jets will have to help them uh, fit some of these 
big expiring contracts on the rosters, which means Winnipeg could potentially make out with a pretty nice haul, especially when it comes to futures that can help the Jets build the future core. But, you know, for the Jets to be the center of attention right now is super funny because the Stanley Cup finals are coming right up and somehow the talk of the town doesn't really seem to be about the Cup finals. It's about the fact that the Jets have one of the greatest goalies in recent memory and an elite franchise center uh, both available for trade for at least one season. So all of that said, who are the Jets going to be trading with? I've got a couple of candidates that I've talked about. I think LA is a natural fit. The Kings could certainly use a very elite goaltender. That's one of the things they just really lack. And the Jets could probably fish out some pretty top-end prospects or picks out of there and maybe even land themselves a Victor Arvidsson as part of a cap dump. In other areas, you could see the Carolina Hurricanes maybe being a match. Carolina definitely needs um, some scoring punch, and Shifley would certainly provide that. They could also use a goalie, although I think Freddie Anderson for me has been pretty good enough to where uh, I don't think they really have to worry about that unless, you know, they kind of swing for it and have uh, Freddie swap with uh, Hellebuck so that the money kind of checks out. And then maybe they um, look at sort of extending Hellebuck long term. But in terms of teams that I really feel like fit, you know, uh, a natural prospect offering for the Jets that could fill Winnipeg's cupboards and uh, satisfy organizational needs, you know, uh, Buffalo, Ottawa, I think those teams are among the top contenders. I think there are a couple of other candidates. Like I said, Carolina does make sense. Pittsburgh at a stretch might be in uh, on something, but I couldn't tell what they would offer or even be interested in because Hellebuck probably isn't going there and Shifley probably wouldn't either. Um, I did see somebody mention some stuff about the Caps, and that certainly would be an option. Washington definitely needs uh, a bit of a change of scenery for Kuznetsov. And Shifley, you know, he could go there, uh, become an elite center for the Caps and be a big fan favorite. Kuznetsov for the Jets probably, you know, I, I don't know that I'd be that excited about it at this stage of his career, and he's had some off-ice issues over the past few years. So all of that to say, Washington would probably have to give the Jets uh, some nice features along with that if they're trying to move Kuznetsov, uh, Kuznetsov's contract. But, you know, with how the Jets are and, and where things are, are currently sitting with the financials, I imagine Winnipeg is probably not keen to take on a lot of actual salary. So That'll be one major consideration, especially with contract structures. But either way, Winnipeg definitely has some pretty, uh, pretty big pieces to offer uh, a couple of major teams. And we'll talk about who those pieces are and where they sort of rank in the importance of the trade value in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. You know, Game Time is here to make things easy, fast, and efficient. They know that a lot of these ticket services are expensive, inconvenient, and worst of all, you might find yourself uh, paying a lot more than you expect for tickets that you could get elsewhere for cheaper. And who wants to pay more money and waste time when you can get killer last-minute deals and flash sales with Game Time? Game Time also gives you in-arena and venue seat views so you know exactly what you're paying for every time. I think that's great because, you know, having seen places like Fenway Park where you've got a big old pillar obstructing the view for a number of fans, you don't want to pay several hundred bucks for that. You want a good deal on a, on a, like a seat and a ticket that lets you actually watch what you're there for. 
So forget planning months in advance and spending tons of money on tickets when you can just go to game time and get a fantastic deal. And of course, you'll get your tickets instantly. It's safe, convenient, and super quick. So download the game time app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL at checkout for $20 off your first purchase. Term supply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us again on tonight's episode. We are talking about some of the rumors with the Jets and uh, the trade speculation that continues to heat up. And obviously, with Winnipeg now kind of being in the trade eye of the storm, um, the question then becomes, who exactly is Winnipeg's biggest trade chips? Now, when it comes to free agents and stuff, it's pretty obvious. The first one's going to be Connor Hellebuck. Uh, you're talking about a generational goalie, one of the greatest American goaltenders of all time, and just one of the best goalies, period, uh, over the past several years. No one has really saved more goals and put in more work than Hellebuck has. And the dude has carried the Jets to multiple playoff appearances, even when the team really wasn't all that good. It's a shame he didn't always parlay that into longer-term playoff success, but it is what it is. It's not like the team this past season was particularly amazing, and we kind of knew that most likely they'd get bounced in the first couple of rounds. But Hellebuck, I think, could actually get a pretty nice package. It'll depend on how many teams are looking for a rental goalie. I think that is uh, one thing that's going to hurt his trade value because, you know, his next contract is going to be very, very expensive. Uh, we're talking, you know, $10, $11, 12000000 million. It's going to be very, very rich for a guy who is probably getting like a carry price style deal. So, I know teams might be a little bit hesitant about that, but Hellebuck is probably going to be worth the money and worth it for a good deal uh, of time. So good luck to Helly. I hope that he gets what he wants with a team that's hopefully not crappy. It'd be nice to see him hoist a cup uh, at some point before the end of his career. The second piece of trade bait that has come up is Mark Shifley. And with Shifley, there are some interesting fits. I kind of feel like the New York Rangers could be a really good option for a team looking to boost their top six immediately. The Rangers are already pretty decent, but I think the question for them is, you know, did they jump the gun on their rebuild? In my mind, I think they pushed things a little too quickly and didn't let all of their prospects percolate. And it seems like just like the Jets have had development issues, so too have the Rangers. Uh, a lot of, In a lot of ways, Winnipeg and New York share some things in common, which is kind of funny since they're such good friends and trade partners these days. Would Shifley get the Jets something pretty good? Maybe a Filipino, but Hito did just extend, so not really sure they're wanting to move that salary yet. But if you're looking for a last-ditch attempt to have one more big run with that Rangers group, I feel like swinging for the fences on Shifley is probably a pretty safe bet. You aren't going to find many centers of Shifley's skill and quality just loafing around waiting for work, right? Mark, when he's at his best and motivated, he's unstoppable. We've seen him at his best. We've seen him at his worst. But I think with the Rangers and where they are and maybe even getting to see his old buddy Truba, it could be the change of scenery that he needs. Carolina, again, also a candidate for a big Shifley trade. They've got the prospects. They've probably got the cap space somehow if they make a few moves. And they certainly have the need for goal scoring and finishing talent, which, you know, you might think, well, maybe another player like Kyle Connor would make sense. And sure, Kyle Connor would actually make a lot of sense for the Canes. But Kyle Connor is probably not getting traded. So, uh, we can sort of push that one out of mind for now. 
the Jets are going to focus first on expiring deals and players who they just kind of want to get rid of. Speaking of guys they kind of want to get rid of, Pierre-Luc Dubois kind of checks in in third place. Uh, PLD, obviously a very good top six center, a four-checking presence, a huge force on the ice, and also occasionally absent when you need him to be present. And in those moments, I think the Jets were wanting a little bit more from his game. And as fans, I think we were too. I don't know that we necessarily saw anything quite as bad as what people described as the shift in Columbus, but I still think at critical junctures and moments, Dubois wasn't able to elevate his game to the level that I was hoping for. Now, that, that, that isn't to say that he's not a fantastic player and didn't have a very good season. I thought Dubois was great for the Jets this year. I think we saw many of his strongest traits, including that vision, uh, the, the pesky nature that he has, his strength, his size, his mobility, his shot, his vision, his passing. You notice I'm using a lot of very nice adjectives. That's because Dubois is a very nice player. And I can imagine tons and tons of suitors for a guy who could very much improve just about any top six that he slides into. So Dubois, huge trade piece. Uh, being an RFA also gives the Jets a little bit of time if things don't quite work out and they don't find the offer that they want. But I suspect they're going to make a trade happen one way or another. Now, the last player of potential interest is uh, Blake Wheeler. And Wheeler is pretty far down the trade speculation list. The reality is people just don't really want a uh, an aging, like 34, 35-year-old winger with limited production. And, uh, you know, I'm sure if they've got scouts in the arena, they can see that Blake is slowing down. He's really had trouble keeping up this year. There were moments where he just fumbled the puck completely on easy touches, stuff that a couple of years ago would never have bothered him. He would have received it and made clean plays. But it was a lot harder for him this year, and it was tough to see. And with Blake kind of nearing retirement sooner rather than later, you know, <clears throat> I just can't see that many teams being super interested in acquiring him because, again, at this stage of his career, there's not much left. But maybe he goes to the Florida Panthers in the offseason or something and reunites with his old bud, Paul Maurice. I can't even begin to imagine what that trade would look like. But at this point, the Jets probably just want the cap space and the salary off the books. Now, there's... Probably a couple of other players who might be on the trade block. Nino Niederreiter might, maybe Dylan DeMello. I think Brendan Dillon for me is one of the biggest names that I, I would say the Jets could probably offer. Uh, Brendan is, of course, a very good blue liner, very defensively oriented. And that's kind of why I feel he's maybe a little bit limited when the Jets want some mobility. But as a as a strong defensive defense defender type, I think Dylan makes a lot of sense for a team uh, at the price of like a third or a second round pick. Just move the salary, move the cap space, and open up spots for your younger D. Now, aside from that, I also wanted to spend some time talking about players who I think internally could become big breakout candidates. We'll talk about who those candidates are and how they can help shape the Jets next season in just a little bit. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us uh, on tonight's episode for these final thoughts. I just wanted to talk a little bit about three breakout candidates that I'm keeping an eye on for next season as they hopefully vie for bigger NHL minutes and also improve on the already strong foundations of experience that they've been gaining at the pro levels. The first breakout candidate that I think is really worth shouting out is Cole Perfetti, and we all know why. Perfetti's vision and work ethic and dynamic skating and, and offensive creation 
there's just not many players on this team like him that can truly create something out of nothing. At times, Perfetti is so smart that he's almost a magician with the puck. He'll make these unbelievable passes that, you know, even his teammates weren't expecting and occasionally miss just because they weren't even imagining that a puck would be threaded between like five sticks at a time. And Perfetti's constant pesky nature, trying to attack the slot, trying to get around the face-off circles, creating from perimeter spots. For me, it's just a matter of time before he really starts turning all of those actions into points. He started doing it this year, and then he got injured. But I think next season is prime Perfetti time, especially if he gets on the power play. Perfetti already has the tool sets to be a very effective 5v4 player. It's now just getting the time and the opportunity to hit pay dirt. I think once he starts getting that confidence in his abilities and starts seeing his teammates trusting him more, Perfetti is going to just absolutely shine for this team, and I think it could happen as soon as next season. The second breakout candidate is uh, a player who I think, for me, really showed his stuff this season, really took a step forward in a way that I wasn't expecting, and that's Morgan Barron, right? Barron came in over the, uh, what was it, the cop trade, and, you know, he was kind of like a, I wouldn't say a toss-in, right, but certainly wasn't a player that I was thinking was going to be more than like a third or a fourth liner. But the more we've seen of Barron this past season, the more there's like a real sign that there's a special player there. Maybe not a 60 or 70 point kind of guy, but like a 30 to 40 point middle six forward with great dynamic skill and a pretty beefy frame. You just really can't hate that. It's clear that Barron has creativity. He's got skill. He's got mobility and he's got size and he knows how to use it. He's not afraid to attack the slot. He'll grind along the walls, and he has that extra little bit of deft touch that I was occasionally missing with Andrew Kopp. The only problem for Barron is that the puck just doesn't go in the net for him. I don't know what it is that's really held him back from scoring lots of goals because he's always in the right spot, and it feels like it's just a matter of time before the dam breaks. But for some reason, Barron is just super unlucky. Goalies seem to stop him. The puck seems to bounce away. He just barely misses goals. I don't know what it is, but I'm telling you, man, if he starts to really hit his stride next season, look out. I really feel like Barron might have among the highest uh, uh, rooms for growth. I feel like he has the ability to really excel and maybe even earn himself some time in the top six. But it, it is going to take some work, and it's going to take a couple of puck bounces going his way as well in order to earn some more ice time. But as it is, Barron's a great bottom six, middle six forward. I think that there's a lot of two-way potential with this game. Now it's just finding a spot and a way to really elevate it and showcase what he can do. Speaking of all of that, the last player that I have as a breakout candidate is David Gustafson. Now, you're going to say Gustafson is like a traditional fourth liner on this Jets team. Why would anyone be excited about him? But if you look at his career in um, the, the, the AHL, you'll notice that he really started taking on a prominent offensive role towards the end of his Moose tenure. And at times he was really leading the charge up top as one of their highest scoring players. When you watch him at the NHL level, you can see why he's very industrious, constantly fighting for the puck. He's got pretty good passing. He's actually very smart in terms of his positioning at both ends of the ice. I just feel like all he needs is to play with smart players and skill. If you give him skill to work with, he'll do the rest. His mind works in ways that are more aligned to a Cole Perfetti than some of the other players the Jets have had. But it's, you know, it's a question of opportunity. And will the Jets recognize that, 
yeah, Gustafson might be a real diamond in the rough if you actually give him the support and the talent to work with. But as it is so far, he's been a really fun bottom six and even like fourth line player. Let's hope, though, that next season he has a bigger year and most importantly, stays healthy. I want to hear your breakout candidates for next year, though. Drop them in the comments below or at my social medias at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For tonight's show, though, that is all the time that we have. I thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We will see you back here next week as the cup finals begin and we'll give you updates on that as they happen. But like I said, that's it for tonight's episode. Thanks so much for joining and making us your first listen of the day. We'll see you here next Monday.